be able to worship with you this morning, to find our place here, uh, especially the visitors, the guests who are with us. We thank you for sharing in worship this morning. Your presence is a blessing to us. We pray this is a blessed time for us all as we gather to worship Christ. As we do so, we are mindful of those means by which Christ calls us to be in his service and in fellowship. So I'm hoping that following this time of worship, we will all find our way to the Uptown Ministry Center to share in our annual Super Bowl and birthday bash. Uh, not only is this a great time of, of fellowship and to experience all kinds of wonderful food and friendship, it's also a means by which to support the ministries of this church, uh, especially the, the food bank ministries. So the JAMS children, Jesus and Me Zone children, are uh, coordinating this and inviting us to support this, $3 each. And again, that goes to support the food bank ministries of the church. Uh, keep in mind the ministries that are before us this week, tomorrow morning, if you find your way here to the corner of Church Street and Leicester Street at 8 o'clock, you'll see our donut ministry at work. This is Donuts on the Corner, means of outreach and hospitality and being a good neighbor in the uptown community. So uh, we enjoy this ministry the first Monday of each month, and if you'd like to be a part of it, simply show up, uh, and it's a way to, to greet our, our visitors in the, uh, on the street or in cars by way of donuts. Uh, also, the mission ministries will meet on Wednesday evening, and then again for our children, the game night on Friday night. As we gather, we have before us an artist rendering of Jeremiah. We're going to hear of God's call of Jeremiah uh, in the 7th century B.C. and be reminded of God's call upon us as well. And as we gather, I hope you've been reading the weekly uh, pastor's letters, newsletter, bulletin, uh, because today is the first opportunity we have as a church to meet Matthew Hoover, our new director of youth and children's ministries, Matthew, and Sarah, his wife. So, Matthew and uh, Sarah will be with us for the Super Bowl, so please, uh, as we share in this time of worship, the passing of the peace and following this time of worship, be sure to welcome Matthew and Sarah, and we're grateful to be in ministry with you. Welcome. As we prepare for worship, just a, a few words of instruction. There will be a choral introit, which is before us on the front of our bulletin. We will actually hear this tune four times. First, it will simply be played, then the choir will sing this introit, and then you and I will respond twice to singing this introit. Again, the music, choir, and then we share in song by way of this uh, the choral introit.
We stand as we share in the call to worship. We have come to worship God, the living God. We have come to praise God, the Almighty God. We have come to worship God, all gracious God.
I invite us to go to God as we pray our opening prayer before us. O God of all the prophets, you knew us and chose us before you formed us in the womb. Fill us with faith that speaks your word, hope that does not disappoint, and love that bears all things for your sake, until that day when we shall know you fully, even as we are known by you. Amen. We share the word from the Apostle Paul, as found in 1 Corinthians 13. First we pray. Lord, you have known us and claimed us, and each day you awaken us and sustain us by your word. Help us, Lord, to hear your word proclaimed anew at this time amongst your people. May we know that it is from your love for us that you speak your word, that you touch your words to our mouths, and that you lead us this day and always as your people. Amen. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For our knowledge is imperfect, and our prophecy is imperfect. But when the perfect comes, the imperfect will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall understand fully, even as I've been fully understood. So faith, hope, love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. This is the word of our Lord.
we have alluded to God's call of Jeremiah. To this point in the service, we will continue to do so. And now we share from the prophet Jeremiah, the first chapter, verses 4 through 10. Let us hear the word of God. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. The Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of our Lord. Well, good morning, you people called by God. Thank you for responding to God's call this morning. That's why we're here, isn't it? Yes, we are here because we honor our baptismal vows. We are here because it's important for us to be with family and friends within this community of faith. Yes, we are here because we know it is important that the people of God worship God. But I believe that at the center of all of this, we are here because God has called us, because God still calls his people. We read our Bibles, the Old Testament in particular. We see there are several accounts of God calling his people. This all begins with his call of Abraham, a call in which God declares that through Abraham and his descendants, God will bless all nations of the earth. In accordance with this initial call, God then calls Moses, David, Isaiah, Jonah, Amos. We will hear of Jesus' call of the disciples. This morning we hear of God's call of Jeremiah. These call stories, these accounts of God calling persons to speak God's word to God's people, are accounts framing and shaping the nature of God's relationship with his people. Our God is a God who calls people, even in surprising, unexpected ways. And I say this now because we may find it amazing that God calls Jeremiah at all. Because remember this, the people of God at this time of God's call of Jeremiah are a people very distant from the behavior God requires of his people. This is a people not obeying God's commandments. They are a people not caring for the widow. They are a people who are not tending to the orphan. 
They are not behaving according to God's call to righteous behavior. This is not a people living according to God's demand for justice. They are neglectful of the God who has saved her, the God of the Exodus, the God who called her from among all nations. So neglectful is this people, she's even worshiping other gods. She has fashioned gods of wood and stone. She has sacrificed to idols. She has done nothing to deserve herself, to show herself deserving of the affection of God. So it's amazing that God has any word at all for this people of God. So would it not be more understandable if God were to offer nothing but silence to this people? I mean, that's what you and I have been known to do, right? Someone upsets us. Someone offends us. What do we do? I'm never talking to him again. This silent treatment, it is a tool we have pulled more than once from our relational arsenal, is it not? Or is it just me? <laughs> it wasn't long ago I was talking with a friend outside. As we talked, her cell phone rang. Before she even pulled the phone from her pocket, she said... I bet that's someone who wants to apologize to me, but I'm not interested. <laughs> Looking at her phone, she saw she had guessed correctly. Did not answer the phone, placed <clears throat> it back in her pocket. This silent treatment, an option before us, it's an option before God. This cutting off of communication, of relationship, an option before us is an option at God's disposal. This option of saying, I'm done, the relationship is over, an option we may have chosen at certain times, is an option that God, being God, is more than free to choose. His people have rebelled. They have refused him. They have broken commandments. They have not loved him. They have not loved their neighbor. Have behaved corruptly, have cared nothing for what is right and just. God is free to forget this people. He may start over. And if he chose to do so, choosing a new people, no one would blame him. But we notice again the decisions we would make are not the decisions God makes. The prophet Jeremiah tells us, the word of the Lord came to me. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. This is a determined God, a persistent and relentless God, a God who will not be defeated, a God who will have his way with the people he has chosen, a God who fulfills his promise to Abraham. The word of God, we do well to see that this is a word accomplishing much. 
when we are inclined to believe, as we often are, that talk is cheap, when we may believe words are so weak as to believe words will never hurt me, we do well to remember what God, by way of his word, accomplishes. The first chapter of the first writing of our holy scriptures witnesses to a God who brought into being all that exists by doing what? He speaks. God speaks and God proclaims the word and all that exists is transformed and made new. The Gospel of John tells us the word became flesh and dwelt among us. An intimate word, a word rubbing shoulders and elbows with us, a word giving life abundant, life eternal, a word placed upon our mouths. The speaking of a word according to Scripture makes a difference, it even transforms. A word coming to us in blessed ways, knowing that the Lord touches our mouths in different but unmistakable ways. In my faith story, my late Uncle Franklin is a hero, a saint. He was a man whose life was fully informed and shaped by his faith in Jesus Christ. A leader in the Mennonite church in the Shenandoah Valley, Franklin demonstrated great integrity of faith by way of his devotion to his wife, by the way, in which he raised his two daughters. This was also evident at practically every family gathering. I remember well standing in some fellowship hall or some outdoor picnic pavilion as the family reunion or picnic came to its conclusion. And I remember that his aunts, uncles, cousins were hugging each other and telling each other goodbye for the 15th time because that's what we do, right? It was then that Uncle Franklin would be cleaning up the dishes or sweeping the floor, or picking up the trash, all of it without complaint, and all of this so that everyone else could enjoy a few more moments with one another. So Franklin denied himself, served others, because for him, this life of humility and service is the life to which he believed Jesus called him. Such humility and service Franklin demonstrated in the gracious way he treated everyone, in the way he listened, in the way he affirmed. While I was still a college student preparing for ministry, family members affirming my call to ministry, asked me to help lead a funeral for a family member who had tragically died much too young. It was following this funeral, Uncle Franklin made sure to find me so he could speak to me. As Franklin stood to speak with me, I saw in his expression, I heard in his voice, his recognition of the fact that I had not been raised in a happy or healthy home, 
that given my family background, it was somehow remarkable that I was at a time and place in which I was assisting in a family funeral, responding to a call to ministry. I heard all of this in the words of this uncle who said to me, I'm proud of you. I recall this moment and experienced something much like this. The word of the Lord came to me. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. I recall this moment because it, not because it speaks to any virtue on my part, because it doesn't. I recall this moment because it speaks of a God who at all times and in all places has a word for all his people. This is a God placing his word on the mouth of Jeremiah in the most unexpected of ways. This is a God calling pastors from the most unlikely of circumstances. This is a God who at this time and in this place has a word for each of us within his church. This is a God speaking his word so as to bless and to save, a God who called a man named Abraham years ago. Why? So as to bless all nations. And God fulfills his purposes, does not go back on his word. God's word always spoken is a word spoken to save, even when his word is a word of judgment, as will frequently be the case with Jeremiah. It's a word still spoken to save, to correct his people, remove their sin, draw his people back to him. And if that's not so, then God need not speak his word. So we're here, but for one reason this morning. God has a word for us. As God tells us, I am with you. As God tells us, be not afraid. God gives us his word, places it upon our mouths. Can you feel it? Regardless of background or history, God breaks into our lives, gives us his word, and we find ourselves gathered within God's relentless purposes to bless and save all he has made. With such a word as this, we can't be quiet. Within, with this word, we live as a community welcoming, worshiping, serving to the glory of God. With this word, we are blessed, we are affirmed, and with this word, we know the holy and saving presence of God given to us, touching us again. Feel his word.
standing, please, as we respond to the word, as we share in this responsive litany. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you. The Lord calls me. The Lord touches me. Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. seated. We share responsibly in the prayers of the people. We will see that your response, uh, our responses differ slightly this morning. I will conclude each petition of prayer with Lord in your righteousness. I invite from you the response, deliver us and set us free. Uh, as we move into this time of prayer, I will offer a brief prayer. Uh, we know this is a confusing and uh, chaotic time uh, here in Virginia. Uh, Paula was gone Friday, came back yesterday from a family gathering. She came in, I said to her, honey, I didn't get anything done this morning. I've been watching the news. So uh, I don't know if that was the experience of anyone else, but uh, with that upon us, as this community of faith, we are certainly called to remember uh, the welfare of the state those who make decisions and provide leadership at this time. I invite us to do so as we move into our uh, time of prayer, responsive prayer. Lord, you are a God of, of order, working out your purpose even in times of chaos. You're a God who is able to accomplish your purpose even through the confusing affairs of human beings and governments. So Lord, give us your peace Give us the assurance that even in this time of confusion and chaos, you are a God who is a sure and certain foundation, a God who speaks your word, a God who keeps your promises. So, Lord, we look to you, trusting that you work your purpose out for the welfare of this state, the people within and beyond. Lord, in your righteousness, Holy God, you knew us before we took our first breath. You uttered your living word and brought forth light, love, and life. You gathered us from the dust of the earth and called us your people. You sent us into the world to proclaim your mighty and wondrous deeds. You are with us even now as we continue our call. Lord, in your righteousness. Mighty God, you have done great things. Who is like you? You alone are our rock of refuge. You alone are our strong fortress. You alone are our hope. And in you alone is our trust. Lord, in your righteousness, deliver us and set us free. Merciful God, your love never ends. We confess to you that we do not always share your love as we should. 
Where you have called us to live as one body, we exist as divided members. Where you have called us to give our spirit-given gifts, we ignore your call. Where you have called us to forgive, we have forgotten your mercy. Lord, in your righteousness, deliver us and set us free. Gracious God, do not be far from us. Strengthen us that we might be givers of your grace, and may your steadfast love be known to all of your children. Send your Holy Spirit to empower our hands to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, and love all as you have first loved us. Lord, in your righteousness, Loving God, hear today the prayers that we lift up to you. Be with those who are not well. Give us hearts of courage and songs of your grace to tell others of your righteous acts and deeds of salvation. Lord, in your righteousness, deliver us and set us free. Abundant God, be with those of us that yearn for your restoration and healing. Today we ask your blessing upon the infirm, the homebound, the shut-in, the recovering. We also lift up to you those we bring before you with our lips and with our hearts. Lord, in your righteousness, faithful God, your power and your righteousness reach the heavens. Hear us, your servants, as we follow you to the day when faith, hope, and love will be upon the lips of all of us, your children. These things we pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. I invite us to share in the prayer of confession in our bulletins posted before us. Let us pray. Before God and God's people, we confess that we have been reluctant to speak out clearly against evil and to declare God's saving purpose. Before God and one another, we confess our reluctance to receive our calling as God's people, made by God, and chosen as witness to God's purpose to make all things new. Remind us, O God, that you have made us for your service and recharge us with your word. Renew us, God. Grant us courage to live your way of peace and grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And hear the good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. And we welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. Just come forward as we worship God with his tithes and our offerings.
And a reminder, as we receive the morning offering, there is opportunity. As we come forward for the Lord's Supper, we see our mission boxes here. So the mission boxes are always before us as we receive the Lord's Supper. An invitation to support the mission ministries of the church with your contribution to the mission boxes. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, that you give to us your word. The word we know in Christ our Lord, a word proclaimed and known in this time of worship, a word made evident in your gifts given to us as we return but a portion of these gifts to you. Use them to your glory and to the blessing of your people.
Jesus has said to us, do this in remembrance of me. So we remember and we obey and we find our place at the table of our Lord. I invite you to follow along as we share in this great thanksgiving. Uh, it's page nine in our hymnals, but it's also posted before us. And note that there are three responses we are invited to offer as part of this great thanksgiving. Each of these responses we find in bold print, and each of these responses are sung, so our choir will lead us in song as we come to those responses. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and to join their unending hymn, Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, 
and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. confidence that we have as children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and to deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the table of our Lord to which each of you is invited. You will be instructed to come down the center aisle. There will be two stations here. You will receive a portion of the bread. You're invited to dip that into the cup that will be held before you. And as you feel God leading you, you're certainly welcome for a time of prayer here at the communion rail. Having received the body and blood, you'll simply return by the side aisles to your places. Again, the reminder of the mission boxes here by which to support the mission ministries of the church Again, all are encouraged by Christ our Lord to come to his table. Our choir will come first.
conclude with our closing prayer. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. a light from this place in which we have heard again the word of our Lord. That word has been placed upon our mouths again, and we proclaim that word to the glory of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.